Hi. Hi. We want you to listen to this trailer from our friends at Song Prescription. Another great podcast to listen to. Here you go. Hi, I'm Kaylee. I'm Roxy. I'm Jim. And this is Song Song Prescription. Prescription. On Song Prescription, listeners send us their symptoms like work stress, rainy day walks, life celebrations, workouts, so on and so forth. And we write prescriptions in the form of songs. We even teach each other about music and artists. I feel like whenever Anita Baker is mentioned, you know her or you just get a blank stare. And, yeah. Um, yeah I can see that. I'm, I'm looking at two white people and they're giving me blank stares. I just well, told you I didn't want to be pigeonholed. Yeah. Um, pigeonholed into knowing who the fuck Anita Baker is. <laughs> <laughs> we analyze the songs. It goes through like different women's names throughout the whole thing. And it's just, it is, it's empowering. It's like. So does Monbo number five. <laughs> And we also get into pop culture and fashion. We wanted to know who listens to Rod Stewart. Oh, yeah, what that demo was. He's more popular among the conservative party than the labor party. Yeah, he's got that kind of like Joe Dirt haircut a little bit. (laughs) We call that a mullet. (laughs) Join us for all the fun times. Our show comes out every other Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcast platform. We also want to engage with you, so find us at SongRxPod on all the socials or email us at SongRxPod at gmail.com. Go to songrxpod.com for all the episode guides and all of that information I just spit at you. We can't wait to write you your song prescription. Of course, I'm the one that gets to analyze them. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome Welcome to to Babe Patrol Season season 2! I'm Ashley and I'm Lauren. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. We missed you. Yeah. It hasn't been that long, but uh it has but felt we really you. long. It has it felt like a long time. Well, especially since we were doing this every single week. Yeah. For months upon yeah. months. And sometimes know? two in a week. Yeah. yeah sometimes two in a week. So, sometimes two in a night. Yeah. For thirty two consecutive weeks. Yeah. Plus the eighteen hours it took us to try to make the Valentine's Day episode <laughs> <laughs> that turned out not to be good at all. You know, you win some, you lose some. Exactly. We tried something different. Yeah, it's a learning curve. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so uh, what you been doing since we saw you last? Oh, gosh. I've been trying to, like, squeeze every, like, moment of, like, summer enjoyment out of the little sunshine we've had this summer. Yeah, I was just going to say out of the, like, six days of summer <laughs> that we enjoyed. Yes. <laughs> um, I got to a place in July where I, like, really, really hit a wall with, like, the lack of sun because we were just in this pattern where it was like in front of my computer at my desk unable to like go outside during any of the time that it was sunny and on the weekends it would pour rain yeah it was like tuesday wednesday sunshine yeah i was like (laughs) ah and they were always days that i had like 10 hours of meetings and i was like and i just i don't easily get affected by the weather in terms of mood like i'm pretty okay with a lot of stuff i like a mix of weather. I'm not a person who gets like down about the winter, but I really hit a wall. So anyway, um, I've been trying since then to maximize. So when I hit that wall, I was kind of like, maybe I need to like plan some time off. Cause I also was like, I'm also, there's probably some other things going on here. So 
All that is to say, last week I took a week of vacation, which yeah. is the first time I've done that in a long time. And it was, for the most part, a pretty nice week. So I really just like basked in the sun every moment. And um, I deleted all of my social apps because I felt like that had really gotten out of control. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you get in that like bad headspace working too much and then you just want to like dissociate in oh, all of for sure all of your Scrolly off time. time usa yeah, yeah. For sure. and it just like feeds this cycle of feeling like disconnected and mm-hmm. not not in the moment and i gotta say having deleted the apps and then like really spending a lot of time in the sunshine on the beach reading books made the week feel really long in a great way like mm. it's the first time i think i've taken vacation and been like that felt adequate mm. <laughs> Um, and, and could I have done a whole nother week? Absolutely. And it would have been great. But I felt like it accomplished what it needed to. So it's great. Yeah, it was great. And I read a couple good books. Um, well, well, I finished up one book that I had picked up just randomly that I didn't love. So I won't even talk about it. And then. <laughs> yeah, fuck <clears> that book. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the next book I'm going to talk about I didn't really love either. So the first one I picked up was um, The Only One Left by Riley Sager, which I had been looking for kind of like a summer beach read mystery. Like I, I love like a, a mystery and usually winter is when I read mysteries. I love like a Christmas time Agatha Christie read. Okay. Um, but this I had seen, I think it was the New York times book review, like a TikTok that they had posted where they were like summer thrillers that we recommend. And this one is set in Maine mm. and the cover was also really beautiful. So I was like, check, check, check. Yes. <laughs> um, and I read it and it, I enjoyed it, but I didn't think the writing was that good. Huh. And so I was kind of disappointed that it was like recommended by the New York Times. And I didn't think it was that like the writing wasn't that interesting. Huh. And the story was OK, but also the author clearly hadn't done a lot of research about Maine. And so oh. there were a couple like that really bothers me because there were yes. a couple ways that they referred to things where I'm like, that's not correct yeah you know like yeah right in the beginning of the book he refers to the north coast of maine and i was like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not a thing <laughs> but okay but anyway so but it was also still, known as the border to canada right. <laughs> like there's no ocean on the north of maine yeah but that's so cool. weird yeah okay yeah so but it was still like enjoyable and i've seen tons of tiktoks since where people like loved this book and like mm. it's it's definitely on book talk big time. Mm-hmm. Well, depending on what side of book talk you're on, <laughs> what you my think? book talk is only about sex books. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't hear shit about New York Times bestsellers. Give me a break. It's not a bestseller. It was just recommended by them. But <laughs> okay. yeah, um, or maybe it is. I actually don't know. I have not researched that. But and then I shifted into. Um, this book that I've had on my nightstand forever and have been excited to read, but I just knew that it would take like an investment of time to get into. Um, And it's this book called Say Nothing, which is about um, just the troubles in Northern Ireland, but it is kind of framed by this um, kidnapping and murder of a mother of 10 in 1972. Mm -hmm. And it really goes into kind of the different factions of the IRA and the inner workings of the troubles and all the conflict and a lot of the kind of like political strategy it's extremely well written it was such like a (laughs) such a nice shift from the other book that I thought was fine but it just didn't it it was it felt very neutral in terms of its writing I was like yeah yeah but this is like it's just a delight to read the research that must have gone into it is incredible um I didn't know a whole lot about 
you know, the troubles in Northern Ireland, other than like what you just pick up from having lived through the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s. So it was really interesting to get into some of the details. And they really profile a lot of the like big players and, and what they do. And um, yeah, I would highly recommend to anybody. And I am not a big like, ooh, give me a war book or like something that's like really in depth and detail with like you know, violent conflict. It's not yeah, really but my this, jam, this, is, but this, this book is not like, it sounds like it's not like reading like a World War II no. book for, no. you know, for dads. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is much more cultural, much more specific. And there's also that like strange cross cut of like freedom fighter versus terrorist sort of like. Yes. Um, and it goes kind of back and forth with all these different angles where yeah. you're like, yeah, you're like, yeah, I'm totally on this side. And then it like draw something into question. Yes. And you're oh, like, great. you that's know, so it just yeah, really it takes you. Yeah. Moral difficulty. I love that. Yeah. yeah it like really great. like basks in the ambiguity of a mm-hmm. lot of this and moments where it like dips into something you really agree with and then things shift and there's like a new faction and things change and get out of control. It's Mm -hmm. the nuance that it captures is incredible. Um, And it is just a delightful read. And even though there are a lot of characters and a lot of dates and this and that, it's actually the way that it's written doesn't make it hard to keep track of in your head because the characters feel so real. So anyway, if that has been sitting on your nightstand since 2019, (laughs) I would highly recommend you actually start reading it. What was the title and author again? Um, Say Nothing by Patrick, uh, Patrick Radden Keefe, I think it is. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think it sounds great. I'd love to read it. Actually. Yeah. I'll lend it to you when I'm done. That's awesome. I have a few more pages left. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, great. How was your summer? Um, wet and, uh, and cold. I felt, I felt <laughs> cold a lot in this, this summer. Um, so you know, it's so weird how you living just a little bit inland can have like a 10 degree different summer yes. experience than yeah. me. Yeah. It just felt like breezy and kind of chilly a lot here yeah. by the coast, which like, I, you know, I kind of can't complain. It's like I had to get so much done this summer that I almost didn't really have much downtime anyway. Yeah. So, um, in a way, sometimes I was like pleased that the weather wasn't great so that I could just like keep hammering out, you know, work and stuff. Um, which sounds horrible, <laughs> but you know, here we are. And I have just quit my second job of the year. <laughs> And uh, orientation for law school is next week. I know. And by the time people listen to this, you'll be a few weeks into it. Crazy. You're going to be like... So much homework for orientation. And then I already have all the homework that's due on the first day of classes, which I like I have a writing assignment due by 9 a.m. first day of class. So it's just like... I mean, that's like... I think I texted you this voice memo, but it just makes me think of... Elle Woods going yeah. to her first class at Harvard, yeah. like being like, I didn't know there was an assignment. Yeah, totally. And they're everyone I tell this to says that. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's totally that feeling where you're like, whoa, dude, this is going to be serious shit. Yeah. Um, and I also, you know, I think I've said this a bunch of times to friends. I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast before, but when I decided to, co- to consider going to law school, I wrote myself like every permission slip to kind of like get out of it at any time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, I'm going to start by studying for the LSAT and see if I can take the LSAT. Can I take the LSAT? Step one. Yes, I took it. Okay. Did I get a good enough grade that I feel fine about? Yes. Okay, cool. Like, do I want to apply? Yes. Okay, cool. Like, and then I get in, do I want to accept? Yes. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just every single thing, like checking in if it's still a yes. Mm-hmm. And then similarly, like I'm giving it to myself that if like, I get into this semester and I'm like, 
this is not for me, mm-hmm. then I am going to pull that plug. Like I'm 40 fucking two. I don't have that much of my life left. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying like with my resume, I can get another job. I can like live my life. Like I don't, I can get out of it if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And I think there's also a part of me that just needs to know that there's like a ripcord that I can pull. Mm-hmm. Like, do I still want to do this? Yes. And like, I'm terrified. I think I said this to you recently. I'm like terrified that I'll like make buddies at law school and they'll listen to this podcast and they'll be like, this person should not be a lawyer. Or they'll be like, she said stuff on this podcast that shows that she doesn't want this. Like as if I'm on America's Next Top Model and they're like, she's here for the wrong reasons. She doesn't really want this. Anyway, but still, I know so few whatever. people who go to law school for better reasons. So like you being a lawyer brings me such delight. And if it doesn't happen, that's okay. Yeah. But um, yeah. I also think once you get in and mm-hmm. you see that you can do it, yeah. that a lot of that will fall away. Yeah. I think – I think you will want it more once you see like yeah, that possibly. It's, it's hard, but mm-hmm. that you can do it. Yeah, possibly. And I also think there's like, um, you know, some of this is clearly shades of imposter syndrome showing up oh, in yeah. different ways. And, you know, some of it is weird ageism that I'm doing to myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I think I j- it's just a lot of change all at once, a huge amount of change. And, uh, and I'm just working through it, you know, and, and that shows up in my brain in so many different ways. And I think I also like, oh, I'm going to have to deal with the fact that I'm just like not going to be top of the class and I'm okay with that. And don't tell me I will be just say that's totally fine because I really just don't want to have any of that pressure either. Like, because law school Anyone I've talked to so far will tell me what their class standing is or has been. Anyone who's like in law school currently or has graduated fairly recently will tell me like where they were in the class. And I'm like, oh, so that's like a big deal. And that's something that I cannot carry in my Mm -hmm. bag with me. Like that's just the sort of thing where it sets me up for like, oh, I'm 13th. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like I just need to be like, I just want to get good enough grades to pass. Like at the end, still a lawyer. You know what I mean? It's like, and like go in to get the most out of it for yourself and what you want. Yeah. And comprehension too. Yeah, exactly. You know, and not, and grades don't, for me, grades don't always match comprehension. Grades match like how much was I able to relax on exam day? mm -hmm. Like how much was I able to access my whole brain on exam day? Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, that's like, was true for the LSAT too. My freaking practice tests, which were timed and I still felt very stressed at, were 10 points higher than what I got on the actual LSAT on each exam day because I took it a couple times. Yeah. And so I, you know, I just, whatever, I don't need to work through my whole brain on this podcast <laughs> episode, but I'll just say some of this stuff is what I've been working through. And um, so, yeah, so here I am out of two jobs and just about to go into this whole new journey. And, uh, you know, big changes, man. Yeah. And big change roonies It's also kind of exciting. And I was talking to Steph about this, and I think we mentioned this in the shorty episode. I can't remember if we actually said this out loud on mic, but that it's kind of exciting to think about being known by a totally new community of people. Yeah. Like it's. You did talk about that a little bit. Did we? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did actually listen to our short episode. Nice. I couldn't join for the recording. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. I think like it's like scary to imagine meeting new people and how it'll all work out and they don't know you. So they don't have like built up expectations about you. But. But that's also nice, too, because you can be really intentional about what you're bringing to the table Yeah. sometimes. Although, 
my law school decided to do like five profiles of incoming students and they picked me and interviewed me and wrote a profile about me that as they should out. have oh my yeah. god for orientation <laughs> and I almost said no because I was like I felt like it was put a target on my back or like I don't know I was like I don't really need to I don't know I felt like I it felt like a boasty or braggadocious to be like I'm one of the five profiles but I was also like I don't know they approached you I know but black I just was like it's it's too braggadocious for me to say yes (laughs) (laughs) but um but it was a nice experience but also you know it's like oh so now people will read that before they meet me and they'll have an idea you know of like what I am or what I'm about and Mm -hmm. and it's like it's so small it also was like this late in life law student oh no really (laughs) yeah and she's like in her sunset years yeah Yeah. and they're like bliss comma who is 42 comma and I was like neat wow (laughs) neat (laughs) I know I know I was like oh that's great and then it was like bliss who has uh they put your weight in there too I know She gained ten pounds over the twenty or the, uh, since COVID. Just FYI, I know. and it was like Bliss who has gained a really unusual skill set. <laughs> I was like, I was like, am I getting nagged by this profile? <laughs> You're like, am I a fixer upper? Yeah, no shit. She's so, very cozy yeah. and unique and has a lot of charm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So we'll, uh, we'll, yeah, whatever. It's it's cool. We'll figure it out. I wanted to be like, actually, I chose no now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and the and there were a couple quotes that they used that weren't like as i recall the conversation weren't completely accurate but i was just like you know what fucking sue okay. them so yeah <laughs> totally i did send two corrections where i was like ah. like it was like this quote um and the woman who did it consummate professional yeah seems really cool she's a reporter like or, or a journalist i shouldn't say reporter i don't actually know what she did but she's a journalist and is the like director of communications but you know had quoted me as saying like i'm coming to Maine law so that i'm hoping that they'll teach me about the outside world and i'm like ah. what i was like that was there was like real nuance to what i was saying in that sentence that did not make it onto the page and i was like and also this bitch has been in the outside world yeah. for decades and guess what Maine? i love you <laughs> yeah yeah but nobody comes here to learn about the outside yeah, world yeah. they come here to escape it yeah and i did say i was it was because what i was saying was that i wanted like in law school to understand the structure of power in the outside outside world in a way that like a normal citizen doesn't yeah um and so i like asked her to add some more context in there because i was like i'm gonna sound like a naive four thousand year old shitty idiot who doesn't know anything <laughs> like who why do i need to learn about the outside world at 40 fucking two i was like the outside world from my cloistered nunnery <laughs> Well, I'm glad that that they ran it by you before they published Me it. Me too. <laughs> I in, in my last company when I was still pretty new there, they like in the like monthly like corporate newsletter, they would like profile an employee and they asked me to do one. Then you basically write it yourself. You like fill out a questionnaire and it's based on that. And I assumed it being a publishing company that they would like proofread this before it went out. So I just like blah 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 blah, I filled it out. Nice. And it was fine. Except that, and I don't even remember in what context, but I talked about damming the stream in my backyard. It's like a thing that I did a lot as a kid. Like that was like my jam. But <laughs> Who it was, didn't dam? But it was, I was very into damming. <laughs> yes, it was the best. Clear. I mean, when your parents are like, go outside. I know, and don't yeah. live and walking don't come back until anywhere. dark. <laughs> 
It's what you do. And um, that or build a fort. Those are the two options. Mm -hmm. And um, Or make potions. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Potion making is a critical component of childhood for oh, sure. Yes. I also yeah. thought I could talk to the sun. Of course. Oh, like that's whole... great. I thought I could talk to the trees. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an earth and I'm a fire. Oh, my this God. makes perfect sense. We got to find a water sign who can speak to the ocean. <laughs> you know. An air sign who can talk to the wind. And that was going to be Captain Planet. Oh, my God. But anyway, so I talked about damming the stream, but I had, like, mistyped it and spelled it the other damn. No. No, <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. I'm this, like, new employee at a publishing company, and I have now just basically sworn in in the newsletter, and nobody caught it. I was so annoyed. I, I was love like, damn, like, I'm, like, damning the stream. You're like when I was damn you scream. When I was seven, I was out in the back <laughs> screaming about shaking my tiny fist at the water. <laughs> I was really into land encroachment when I was eight. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. That helps me. Oh my god. Well anyway. So here we are. Here <laughs> we, we are. Yeah. And I have to say that today, it's so funny because it's really pretty out. It's really sunny. It's blue sky. But it feels incredibly autumnal today to me. Does it, it does. Feel it's to you? dry. For, well, dry. which is weird because yesterday it poured rain all day. Like pouring so intensely that so I was like, this might intensely. be the hardest I've ever heard it rain here. Yeah. And then and we had thunder and the air was also really humid. Oh. The air is not always super humid when it rains, but wet, except for the water droplets. But um, <laughs> You know what I mean? The air between the water droplets. Um, Man. It was just muggy. Yeah. And pretty warm. And then today is cooler and dry. And it's like these fluffy, friendly looking clouds and like this really deep blue sky. It feels. Mm -hmm. And the, the light, you know, we're getting that end of towards the end of summer. Like you can see that the angle of the light has shifted. I think tomorrow might be. I'm going to do an all day beach day. But I have a feeling it might be the last all day beach day of like real summer feeling summer. Yeah. So it's supposed to be warmer tomorrow, but... Yeah. Anyway. And who knows how it'll, how it'll feel on the beach, too, which always is. You get there and yeah. you're like, oh, it's cooler here. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, if it's breezy or, yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah. So before we hop into normal content, we want to make a couple of announcements at the top of the pod. Um, exciting things. I, I know, exciting things. So first off, we have set up a line, a direct line to the Lips phone. Babe Patrol Lips phone hotline. Exactly. And you can also use, certainly use it as a complaints line if you would like. Yes. We're looking for you to just like call us and leave us a voicemail or you can also text the Lips phone. Mm -hmm. um, and the phone number is 207-544-9108. And we're looking for you to send us any dating stories, any gossip that you have, any complaints, if you want to rant about something, really anything at all. Call us for any reason. You can also just call us and tell us how you're feeling today. I don't know. And it might make it on the air. So. And fear not, nobody's going to answer the phone. Yeah. I don't know if right. anyone out there has phone anxiety like moi. Yeah. But um, it's not going to ring through to either of our phone. It's like a Google number. So yeah, exactly. We don't see it until we go and check it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. You can and do it in the middle of the night. And Unless you tell us to say your name on air, we're not going to say who you are on air. Yeah. Like, truly, unless you're like, please say that it's Bob proposing marriage to Marsha. <laughs> Which, I mean, honestly, if you wanted to propose marriage over the lips phone, we would die. Truly, just like send us your stories, send us your thoughts. And if you hear any good gossip, we want to know about it. Yeah, absolutely. Or complaints. 
complaints. Or complaints, exactly. <laughs> really, quite anything. If you have a just the tip, like, share it, you know? Yeah. Get a little tipsy, give us a ring. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you and your gal pals are out hanging out and you get a little zooted and you want to just, like, zoot into our phone, we're very happy to receive that. Yes. Save it into your phone now so you have it. Because yeah. you won't remember the phone number because I don't. That's right. Save it to your <laughs> contacts as Babe Patrol Lips Phone, 207-544-9108. We can't wait to hear from you. Yeah, we can't wait. Oh, my God. Then the other announcement that we have is that um, we're thinking about doing an episode where we read from our middle school and high school journals and diaries. Um, and so we want to have a guest on for that episode. Some, so if there's any of you out there who have, you know, not just like interesting journals that are like kind of funny, but someone who's got a real like slay journal <laughs> or diary, please get in contact with us. You can get at us at baypatrolpod at gmail.com. You can, you could text the lips phone about it, frankly. Yeah. Um, or leave us a voicemail. Uh, you could also DM us on Instagram. Um, but just let us know if you have a killer journal or diary that you want to share. We want to know about it. And we're going to screen you a little bit before, you know, if we get a bunch of people who've responded, we want to kind of screen your content first. <laughs> and also, if your content is so cringe that you can't possibly read it on air, we can talk about um, altering your voice. Like you're in a 60 minutes special. Totally. Or if you just want to give us your content for one of us, <laughs> oh, yes. that's cool too. We, we can do read that. It. And we'll keep it anonymous. Like every quote unquote, everything else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let us know. That should take care of announcements. Yeah. So Ashley. Yeah. Do you have any gossip? I do. You Shocking. Can tell me one. I know. <laughs> I know. I guess before I tell you this gossip, I'd love to know, what do you know about dowsing? Oh, um, well, I believe I sent you a dowsing video on TikTok. Oh, was that you? Yes. <laughs> Fascinating. But I actually don't know much about it. I mean, I know what it is. And like my references are mostly like Looney Tunes cartoons <laughs> um, and that video. And um, yeah, just I know that it's like finding water with a stick. Yeah. Or probably uh, with other methods too, but yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I have some gossip, but I need to give you some dowsing background first, mostly just because I think it's interesting. So I want to. <laughs> I knew you would love that video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did love that video, but I have to tell you that my dowsing interest goes back oh, quite yeah. a long time. It does not surprise me. No, of course not. <laughs> of fucking course not. So as I was like just looking up dowsing and I'd mostly just looked in Wikipedia because like why I'm not, I don't, this is not exactly like a journalistic <laughs> podcast that I need to do a real deep dive on. But I was surprised to see that like most sites that I kind of ran across and glazed over, <laughs> glazed over, glanced at briefly. It seems like everyone's like, it's a dead art. It's not used anymore. It's been debunked, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's true in like urban areas, but I got to tell you, dowsing is alive and well in mm. the great North woods. And growing up in the North country that we had multiple dowsers who huh. worked steadily and wow. found wells spots for people. And I also, that's like so true in Vermont for sure. It's probably like fucking Candyland for dowsers. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a really delayed reaction because I had to like let the entire image just really soak in. Why were you imagining that there was a Vermont dowser who was like dowsing for the fudge swamp? <laughs> <laughs> I just see like, 
like <laughs> dowsers with their sticks, like skipping through the most like psychedelic, colorful candy yeah. landscape. That seems of right. Vermont. That seems right. They're, they're like dowsing for water with gigantic lollipops <laughs> in Putney. <laughs> Yeah, but um, my experience of dowsing is that it is a um, like a totally alive and well practice, and <laughs> people are like it's totally debunked, it's crap, and I'm like I don't know, that's how we found wells up north, <laughs> so yeah. okay, but um, but basically dowsing, so. I know about it mostly to find groundwater for well digging, but it can be used for lots of other things. It's essentially like when someone who is purported to have this ability or capacity can, by using some method of rod or pendulum, can like find whatever it is they're looking for. So like in my case, I know it as water, Mm. but like other people can douse for things like gemstones or buried metals, iron ore. They douse for ore um, in mining communities. Um, They can douse for, I mean, they can douse for really weird stuff. Like they can douse for like malignant like energies in the earth, malignant Mm. earth energies. So there's some, you know, weird stuff. But people also douse for grave sites. That's something that people have used. Like for grave sites that would be future grave sites where they're like, this would be a good place to be buried or No, if you were looking to find where someone was buried in an unmarked grave. Gotcha. You could douse for that. Um, So, and there's other terms for it. Like people, you know, I don't know what, people might call this in other parts of the country, but I saw a list of terms. So water divining, doodle bugging (laughs) and water finding or water witching. And, uh, but also people would douse for petroleum. They'd douse for actual oil. Um, and that was of course to like try to hit a vein and make it big. Like those those big money douses. Exactly. (laughs) Fine Italian suits. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, giant cigars. (laughs) And then others like douse for treasure, buried treasure. (laughs) (laughs) But use so like the rods that people would use, they always call it dowsing rods, but it could be made of anything. So you are aware of the piece of wood or whatever. Yeah. So typically it'd be like a, a Y-shaped twig or branch off of a tree that has a lot of flexibility and bendability. And like the way that I know it is somebody walking along earth looking for a water vein. And when they get to the water vein, that Y will twist in their hands and point the the like the um body of the Y will point downwards towards where the water vein mm-hmm. is. But people also use L-shaped um, copper or metal rods that are like very small. Like they almost look like wires that they hold in their hands and then they'll move around like little antennae. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so when they cross, it means something. And when they separate and move apart, it means something else. Huh. So there are also people who use this for divination. So in the world of trying to debunk dowsing, which I guess I should say, too, like, this has been going on since ancient times. I mean, dowsing happened forever ago. It's been a a practice for so long. Um, But in in the effort to debunk it or to figure out what was actually going on, a lot of, like, psychologists and scientists have attributed kind of the motion of the rods to something called ideomotor phenomenon, which is where um, just, like, micro-movements of muscles in the dowser make the rods move. Um, but then there's also, of course, other stories of like geological dowsers being just as good as like actual 
uh, like rock finding mm. technology at fi- yeah. at finding the like rock veins that they were looking for. So I don't know, man. I just think it's sweet. I like yeah. it. I'm like, if it works, go for it. And if it doesn't work, okay. You know, maybe you have a shit dowser. I don't know. <laughs> um, shit dowser. <laughs> They work <laughs> specifically with plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And then um, the other people, so there's also a history of people dowsing over maps. So to try to find something, they could, huh. like, they could use their rod over a large map or use a pendulum over a map to figure out, like, where something might be, which I Whoa. find to be really interesting. That is interesting. Yep. Yeah. Um, so... It, there was. It's interesting because in Wikipedia they took a moment to specifically mention that dowsing was conducted in South Dakota in the late 19th and early 20th centuries to help homesteaders, farmers, and ranchers locate water wells on their property, hmm. which I thought was kind of funny. I was like, it's used all over the place and was used like while I was growing up in the 80s and 90s in New Hampshire. But like, yeah. okay, sure. Well, it's like it one of those South facts Dakota. that it, like. Sure, it's a fact, but there are also a lot of other facts that it seems like it's leaving out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also the military has used dowsing, yeah. which I find really interesting. So um, it's funny, too, because they took the time in Wikipedia to say that dowsing is still used in the UK and England specifically. But I'm like, oh, it's still used in the US, just, you know, <laughs> dinglings. Come to New England. Yep, exactly. So um, anyway, so those are some just like little you know, factoids about dowsing. And I really mostly just kind of wanted to talk about dowsing, but then I wanted to tell you this little gossip. <laughs> yeah, I, I am interested to know the background. I had no idea you could douse for things other than water. Yeah. And, or that there were other methods. I mean, I knew about the Y stick because I feel like as a kid, again, while damming the stream, um, <laughs> you find a Y stick and it's one of two things. You're either dowsing with it or it's a slingshot or both. Sometimes it, it becomes both. So. Absolutely. <laughs> y sticks are very hot commodity. So as I was like, so I, I was reading up on dowsing just because of that particular dowsing video, um, which I had saved on my phone anyway, because I was like, that's so interesting. And we'll put it on our Instagram. But I then remembered this little gossip that I have <laughs> as just an old memory. So um, right after college, I started working with this cool not-for-profit up in northern New Hampshire, back where I grew up, called REN. It's the Women's Rural Entrepreneurial Network. So it was a um, not-for-profit that was mostly focused on like um, microenterprise development of small businesses for people in rural areas who wanted to like make money or as possibly as like a poverty alleviation tactic or just income patching. Mm-hmm. It was also sort of rural community development. And it was a really neat community of people. I met a lot of entrepreneurs up north um, working with them. And we ran a small business center so we had like a computer center with this big grant that we got from Hewlett Packard which is really cool oh nice and um and taught like rural people how to like use the internet how to use like software how to browse the internet how to like you know um make documents and make marketing materials and that sort of thing and also people were able to come there to print because as we all know getting a reliable home printer is like challenging yeah and we had like a big printer so it was kind of like This also is a place up north where there's not like a Kinko's. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so we would help people with printing. So we had this guy who was working on his business and was like working on some marketing materials and was taking a couple of classes. And it turned out he's a dowser um, from a uh, bordering Vermont town. He's probably like in his early 50s, real strapping bloke, like clearly spends a lot of time outside, like, Mm -hmm. you know, handsome, smart, and also is a dowser, a water witch. I'm like picturing... 
this guy in like a Hallmark Christmas movie. Oh, like, for sure. <laughs> he's the guy that stuck around the small town. Oh. He's waiting for that big city girl to realize <laughs> she actually wants to marry a dowser. Well, it's actually even better than that. <laughs> because at the same time, we also had this volunteer who was a woman, I would say, also in her early 50s, late 40s, early 50s, who had gone through a divorce and had gone through a real period of like sadness after that divorce and was just like not dating and was just like not loving life. And she's real cute, like short haircut, loves like walking, sprightly sort of spirit, but like kind of sad, you know? Mm -hmm. And she was just like helping volunteer like one day a week. And I would just like task her out on different things and that she would take care of for the um, space. And um, one day she was there volunteering when the dowser came in to work on his like paperwork and she was like oh do you need more paper I can like help you print or whatever and I look over and the two of them are like tittering away like chit-chatting like you know and he's like telling her about his like pamphlet and she's like listening intently and she's like offering suggestions and I was like oh my god dowsing for love exactly I'm like <laughs> did you bring your rod <laughs> It was so cute, and they did end up dating, and I think they're still together. Oh, I love that. I do, too, because they would be, like, possibly in their early 70s now. Oh, wow. Because it was 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, or, like, maybe 15 years ago. But, like, yeah. So I just think that is so sweet and special. And it was so clear from the moment they met each other. It was, like, they, like, met, and their faces were just, like, warm and smiley and they just like fit their energies just really fit when they were talking i was like oh you match yeah yeah you really match and i just find that to be so special in such a um in such a sparsely populated challenging place to live and challenging place to date Mm. for two people to like find each other in that special surprising way just sort of resonate in that way yeah that's just what I wanted to tell you Very about. Very sweet gossip. I know. I, lo- <laughs> I just really love it. And they also were really cute together. Like they just matched. Like when you looked at them, you were like, oh, it's a cute couple. It's a mm-hmm. sweet couple. You could imagine just being happy together forever. Yeah. Anyway. I love that. When somebody, they seem like a good set. Yes. Yeah. Now, what about you? Did you bring a gossip today? I did. Mm-hmm. This gossip comes to us via Reddit. Oh, nice. Um... And somebody alerted me to this, and it is just very funny. So I'm going to read it. So this is the, <laughs> the story of this new phenomenon called Coin Boys, which is apparently a trend Ooh. going on. Oh, it's so funny. I actually saw a TikTok where someone referenced Coin Boys, and I did not know what they meant. So I will say. to find out. So people refer to like coin boys and i think there's even a podcast called coin boys that like talks about crypto and tech and like oh that makes that kind of of coin boy yes that makes sense um but this is this is not that it is much more charming than that okay Um, good thank god i wouldn't waste our airspace (laughs) can you imagine if you're like i brought gossip about crypto boys (laughs) unless i mean there is some gossip floating around about like plenty yeah the fall of like one of the crypto currencies and it has been i guess like really wild and is in the courts right now and this really interesting oh, yeah but i don't i don't know anything about it but anyway whatever sorry yeah this is not about that but <gasps> all right so i'm just gonna read this post and then oh, i just want to get your take so the title is and it's on a teacher's thread by the way like okay. a teacher's subreddit oh um the title is every year these kids come back with a new annoying quirk coin boys are apparently the new thing <laughs> <laughs> all right so 
In my 10th year of teaching, mostly freshmen, and I swear to God, ever since the pandemic, and honestly, like five years before that, there's always a new, quote, thing students bring to school that they learned over the summer from the internet or whatever. (laughs) The newest thing here is a flock of self-proclaimed coin boys who carry a quarter on hand at all time and constantly flip it no way oh my god like 1930s gangsters they have their entire personality revolve around coins coin flips and chants when we went around doing an icebreaker four of the five kids said some variation of i live by the coin and i die by the coin (laughs) as their fact Just about an hour ago, when I assigned the first assignment of the school year, one of the coin boys was bold enough to say, heads I'll do it, tails I don't. (laughs) And I told him if he flipped a coin, he would be getting a call home on the first week of high school. This is high school? Yeah, freshman. I didn't, for some reason, it did not connect. And I was like, these are 10-year-olds for sure, like fifth graders. Yeah. When I first found it, I only saw an excerpt of this whole post. And I thought the same thing. I was like picturing, yeah, like fourth graders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is so menacing for little kids. Yeah. Um, And I was very charmed by that. But no, it's, but still, we're talking like 14 or 15-year-olds. So it's. Yeah. But yeah, he flipped it anyway. And it came up heads. Thank God for that, at least. Which (laughs) means he would do it, I guess. Um. (laughs) But then the other coin boy in that class flipped his coin and it came up tails. He said, the coin has spoken and he's not doing it. I say, very well. Enjoy your zero and your call home. What a great way to start off the school year with your high school career. I really hope this dies off soon. I haven't seen anything online about this when I Googled it. So I'm guessing it's just a local friend group thing. Unless one of you has some more info. Oh, my gosh. I do wish it was with younger kids. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like, again, like, are they wearing a zoot suit? Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, like, they have, like, tiny switchblades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I actually think that's really cute for, like, a yeah, for, like, a fifth grader. I think, like, 14, 15, I'm still kind of, like, it's it seems like strangely whimsical for mm-hmm. like an age that turns nihilistic so quickly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like by 14, 15, I was definitely like reading beat poets and like thinking I was like too smart for the world. And I can't imagine like doing something that whimsical at that age actually. But at the same time, I feel like it's perfect because they're at that age where they will like assert that like they're obstinate enough to just be like, mm. Go fuck yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, this is actually important. I'm, you don't think it's important, but it's important. Yeah, I'm just flipping this on. I live and die by the coin. Like, <laughs> you gotta you gotta ask the coin. <laughs> it's just like, you just need enough jerk in you to, like, say that to a teacher yeah. or, like, any authority. And I kind of love, because it is extremely innocent also. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to be a coin boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Please Maybe do. This will be my new thing. I would I'll love it. Back. I would love it if you became, if you started wearing, like, a fedora with a ribbon or something <laughs> and if you tucked like a john f kennedy half dollar in the ribbon on your fedora <laughs> like i am in my 40s so i can afford a 50 cent piece <laughs> exactly well just the size of it would my be thumb awesome. strength you yeah. wouldn't believe <laughs> yeah exactly but i like think if somebody was like flipping a 50 cent piece because it's so big i just think it would look really cool flipping oh yeah in the air. yeah I, I, I love a half dollar. Mm-hmm. Me too. They're yeah, great. big fan. Yeah. I actually remember when I was a kid and I saw a half dollar for the first time and my brain was like, 
it was truly like the mind blow emotion emoji. <laughs> I was like, that thing is incredible. It's it, so big. Well, especially when you're a kid, it fills your entire kid size palm. Yeah. And you're like, this thing is huge. I think I got one at, for a tooth. I feel like they must cost like $5 to make. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> how much they cost. Are they even really in circulation? They can't be making 50 cent pieces no, in 2023, right? Yeah. yeah, no. I mean, I don't. Maybe they are, but totally. I would be very surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really know that much about currency, honestly. No, me either. Yeah. You know, Cheryl, my bud, mm. knows quite a bit about currency and is a bit <laughs> of a coin collector. Mm. Um, and she's the kind of the one who introduced me to like different interesting currency that's like out in circulation that I just didn't really know about. Like, like, buffalo nickels or like mm. like wheat head pennies and stuff oh yeah know. yeah i find we used to have really cool. a, a bunch of wheat pennies in a jar in our pantry yeah growing up and yeah little things like that and actually recently my, my dad gave me a bag of pennies <laughs> it seems he, like something your dad would do it was like possibly even from that same jar that he yeah. was like cleaning stuff out that he had been saving for a long time and he gave my sister and i each a bag of pennies which seems very old manish for my dad i was like this is when did you get old? Like you give bags of pennies now. <laughs> like, but you know, I think he was like, these might be worth something, but I'm not gonna find out. So here you go. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah. Uh, did you have any like phases as a kid where you like did a little thing like that or tried to make something your thing? Um, I can't think of anything that I tried to make happen off the top of my head now, unfortunately. I'm, but I am had such a personality that would do that that oh, I'm yeah. like stunned that I can't come up with something at this precise moment. Yeah. But it definitely well, it did been, just sort of like blindside you with the question. <laughs> it definitely would have been in elementary school. I would not have done something like that in high school where I thought I was like way too fucking cool for school. Mm. So maybe that's part of it. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Nothing that particularly comes to mind. And I didn't think of this question in advance, um, but I totally had that personality too. Mm-hmm. Even if it didn't always express outwardly, I was always like, can I pull this off? Can I try this thing? <laughs> and for some reason, the, this wasn't really a phase and it wasn't something that I was like trying to be. Like it wasn't about like a persona or a character, or, like reinventing myself kind of in the way that some of these things are. But in second grade, I was really obsessed with this like pea green pantsuit that I bought at like an adult woman's store that was like too big for me. And um, it was made out of like kind of like a thick jersey material. And it had these like tapered pea green, like almost like loose, like hammery pant bottom. And then like a, a pea green um, blazer top that was it like crossed, but it didn't have a button. It had a tie. It was almost oh, like a kimono no, top. No. And it was like so not age appropriate. But I loved this thing. Um, I, yeah. I think I got it at like the dress barn or something. Yes. Like what I was out shopping with my mom. And I was like a big enough second grader that I could have like, I was like, you know, petite women's clothes probably fit fine. But funny i was like i felt very sophisticated oh yeah <laughs> for sure oh i love that mm, that's so great I, I had a photo of it i wonder if my mom does somewhere because mm. it was oh god like a chartreuse <laughs> pea green like, wow yeah so. shocking that it was made <laughs> yes it's probably the only person who bought that from <laughs> the kittery outlet dress barn in, in 19 19- 90 is yeah there still a dress barn over there i don't know if it's still there i don't mm. even know if, if dress barn still exists i'm not sure listen if dress barn does not still exist then r.i.p it may have gone the way of fashion bug 
It might have. It may about. have been Fashion Bug that I got at because there was a Fashion Bug right near the dress barn in Kittery too mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good combo. Yeah. Also, RIP. We talked about its demise in season one. Oh, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. We already know you got great taste in podcasts because you're listening to this one. So here's another recommendation for you. Have you ever wondered the inspiration behind board games like Outburst and Taboo? Or maybe you have a fascination with the supernatural. Like, how come ghosts never have feet? Maybe you want to know what it's like to work as a wig master on Broadway. We're figuring out the answers to all of these and so much more on Good People, Cool Things, hosted by me, Joey Held, a writer, podcaster, and guy with a soothing voice. And as a bonus, every episode ends with a corny joke. Listen at goodpeoplecoolthings.com or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And now let's get back to it. So today we also put a call out for busybodies to tell us any stories of dates gone wrong or dates that were amazing. And love. <laughs> and luckily enough, we got a couple of response, of course, about dates gone wrong that we're going to share with you today. Thank you for sending those in. Yes, thank you. So I need a woman's name. Carol. Carol. We've used Carol before, I think. <laughs> I feel like it's the first name that comes to my <laughs> mind for some reason. Um, Jamie. Jamie. Okay, sweet. Um, all right. So Jamie wrote in and told us about um, a story. And first she said, I have a story. It involves red cabbage and the movie A Dry White Season, which is not date material. And I responded to her and said, like, you know, LOL, what happened? And um, first off, have you seen A Dry White Season? I have not. And I haven't even heard of it. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. So I looked it up and it's It is a movie from the late 70s starring Donald Sutherland and Marlon Brando about fucking apartheid. Oh, cheerful. Yeah, it's like it like probably and and I can't say for sure since I haven't seen it, probably an important piece of material to be out there. One assumes it's probably not pro apartheid, (laughs) but at the same time, yeah, tough choice for a first date. Yeah. 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 I mean, who doesn't love Brando? But yeah, not um, an easy breezy date movie. At least not for date number one. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, totally. Let's get into the relationship first before yeah. we see the heavy yeah, hitters. Absolutely. So Jamie said uh, she went on a, quote, blind date, unquote, with a dude at college. He took me to see that violent, sad movie and then to a dinner theater place that was just terrible, <laughs> which I was like, wow, a movie. You said this when you read this, a movie and dinner theater. I know. I was like, wow, a double stack. Of, I like, know theater-based entertainment i know (laughs) so that was just terrible when he was turned away watching the jazz hands i shoved an entire hunk of red cabbage from the crudite plate into my mouth when i bit into it it promptly lodged across the roof of my mouth from back molar to back molar i couldn't dislodge it and i spent several panicked minutes trying to look interested while simultaneously gagging trying not to drool and half choking on the red cabbage bomb eventually he turned back around (laughs) long enough for me to shove a finger back to dislodge and then had a huge mouthful of cabbage to gnaw (laughs) Classy. I just remember thinking that dying by cabbage would be an appropriate way to end that date. The dude was just awful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Oh, that's rough. I know. Uh, I can't. Rough time with roughage. (laughs) (laughs) Rough time with roughage, a dating story by (laughs) Jamie. (laughs) Um, I have to say that, like, 
I love cabbage, but I also can see how it could become a problem on a date. And also like, you know, you're just trying to get through it. It's such a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love cabbage too. It's actually my favorite vegetable. Oh yeah. But Interesting. I don't know that I would go for like a raw cabbage crudite. Maybe it's blanched, but still like crudite situation. It's interesting to put a wedge of it on a crudite plate. Yeah. 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 Interesting that really choice. like does. I'm picturing it like you know, this size. So it like when she bit into it, it like sprung up into like the roof of her mouth and mm-hmm. almost like tensioned between her teeth. <laughs> yeah. Like a tension you know, rod. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. To get out with your tongue. Yeah. yeah that yeah. is just your setup for failure. On I that. Know, not totally. your fault, Jamie. Yeah. Not your fault. But wow. have you ever had like a food mishap on a date? Probably. I'm sure that I have. <laughs> I mean, definitely I can guarantee that like things have fallen down my shirt and into my bra because that happens almost every time I eat. But um, the only thing that really comes to mind, and it's not so much a food mishap, but I was at um, the local Mexican eatery, Local Coco's, mm-hmm. on a date. And I this is somebody, I think it was a second date. Mm-hmm. And we dated for a, a little while. And he, he was a nice guy. But on our second date... He's like, oh, you know, will you excuse me? I need to use the restroom. I was like, sure. And he like gets up and like almost never, like, like never comes back to the table. (laughs) (laughs) No. He did come back, but I, it was like 45 minutes. Oh. And I like really thought he had left and I was like, what do I do? And like our food had arrived. So it was like the, where you go to the bathroom before the order yeah. gets placed like you place the order and then oh, you're like shoot. I need to use the restroom and then oh. like our food came but I was like well I don't want to start eating that feels rude but like truly in the time that he was gone like our food came and then I could have like finished my dinner and like probably like ordered dessert and like had a leisurely cocktail <laughs> and I like I, I was no. certain I was like he like oh. just he just dipped out I was like so I'm sitting there like what went wrong? Did I say something? Cause it felt like it was going really well. Yeah. And, um, and he was a really sweet guy, like very sensitive and warm and like engaged. So he finally comes back to the table and I can just see that he is so embarrassed and he's oh. like kind of sweaty. Oh no. <laughs> oh God. The poor guy. And he, and he sits down and he's just like, I am so sorry, but like, I have IBS and it just like when I get nervous, it's really bad. And like, I am really embarrassed. You know, of course I was like, do not be embarrassed. Like I'm fine. I was a little, I I was worried, uh, but like, and I was like, I was so glad that he like told me the truth. Cause I feel like so many people would be like, what? Like it doesn't (laughs) I was nowhere. You know? I was doing I drugs. Totally understand the <laughs> yeah. inclination to do that. Yes. I just have a cocaine addiction. I was yeah, in the car exactly. doing drugs. Bye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. And then I would have just left. Actually, I don't think I would have come back to the table. Right. If yeah, my was stuff wasn't brave. there, I yeah. would have been like, goodbye forever. Yeah. Wow. So and my I, heart yeah. goes out to you, sir. Yeah. Like as someone who has a little touchy belly myself, like n- just a nightmare. Yeah. Of nightmares. Yeah. To have a 45-minute emergency shit in the middle of a second date? No, thank you. At a restaurant toilet? No. Thank God he was on a date with you, of all people. (laughs) You know? Like, an angel? Can you imagine? There are plenty of people he would be on a date with who would be like, you're disgusting and I hate you. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm awesome. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's the takeaway, man. Yeah. 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 He, he, yeah, we dated for a little while. And then he was actually the person on our first date. I was headed to our first date or maybe it was even that same date who knows but I got rear-ended 
into a swampy ditch. Oh, God. Yeah, it was like right when I moved back from wow. Seattle. No matter what, yeah. no matter how nice, sorry, the bad vibes for this combo of yeah. you. Yeah, it turned out not well. <laughs> like, we ended up breaking up, and then we sort of started getting back together, like uh-huh. a month later, as you do. Yeah. Uh, especially, like, in your mid-20s. Yeah. And then we were supposed to meet at the movie hall, movie hall, <laughs> music hall to see a movie. Uh-huh. And he just never showed up, and I never heard from him again until a year later. Also, where he sort of tried to apologize, and I was like, I'm not having it. Oh, golly, get out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. My God. He wasn't a bad guy, but he just, yeah, Yeah. he struggled. And yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's that food sort of food story. Mm -hmm. Um, How about you? Any good food dating stories? Nothing like Jamie's, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think if I've ever had an allergic reaction on a date or like anything like that. And so far, no, but like I'm not, you know, ruling that out for the rest of my life. But one thing that does happen to me, like as someone who has sort of a nervous constitution in general, and I haven't had emergency shits on a date yet I'm knocking on wood (laughs) like pretty hard have to knock on that wood because I don't want that experience but I do get like really nervous and get like nauseous or just lose my appetite like all together and so there definitely have been times on dates where like everything's cool I'm feeling good everything's cool the food comes and I'm like I can't eat that I can't even take a bite of that and I'm like I'm trying to make conversation and then the panic is rising because I'm like it's weird that I'm not eating the food in front of me and he's like can I start? And I'm like, yeah, please, please, please do. And I'm just like cutting the food, trying, trying to force a bite in. Yeah. Or I'm like, I'll take a small nibblet of this tortilla, oh. you know? And then you're Terrible. like, oh, do I just like look like a woman who's afraid to eat totally. on a date? And like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Awful. And meanwhile, I'm like, no, I just like kind of like you. And now I have nervous belly. Yeah. I can't eat yeah. this food. Nope. Feel great. Yeah. So sometimes I, I like even demure from like meal dates too mm-hmm. early on. I'm like, let's go for a nice walk and get some coffee wherein I will get like a ginger tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something very soothing. Exactly. Uh, you know, because it's too, it's like. I almost like cannot perform as an eating companion or something. Yeah. yeah I think so that weird. makes sense, especially as you're, if you're somebody who holds your feelings in your digestive tract. <laughs> Which so many of us do because our yeah. vagus nerve goes like straight through there. Yeah. 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 I often like, I love salad and I love vegetables. Um, and so often when I go to a restaurant, like I want to order like a big salad as a meal because to me, I'm like, well, that's a delight because I don't have to prep it at home. You yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but I always second guess that when I'm on a date, if it's one of the first few dates, because it just feels like the girl move that you're supposed oh, to do. It's so funny. I thought I knew what you were going to say and why you were second guess. <laughs> I thought you were going to say what, what my problem would have been would be like, because I'm going to toot when we're doing it later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Vegetables don't really make me gassy, but they don't always. But I also don't have a lot of digestional stress. It's not that's not my thing. Um, Just you know, I can't breathe. It's my thing. Does it feel like you to have that privilege? (laughs) (laughs) Just a constant shortness of breath. um, Because I'm always like, well, I can't do this. Because then I just he's going to be like, oh, she's ordering it because she like thinks she's supposed to because she's a girl on a date. I'm like, no, that's not why I just fucking love vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, society oh, and your I expectations know. on women. Yeah. And, and then it's compounded by the fact that I feel like as like a fat person dating, especially a woman, I feel like culture is always asking us to apologize for our size. And that kind of sends that signal too. like, yeah. don't worry. I know I'm fat, but I'm trying to fix it. Yeah. And I'm yeah. so opposed to that, like messaging that then I, even though I want the salad, I often yeah. don't order it. Cause yeah. I'm going to be like, no, I'm going to eat a burger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. 
I know. And then you add in the thing that I like have a couple of weird food sensitivities and depending on how I'm feeling like that might be a day I can't eat gluten or I can eat gluten. And so like, you know, if they're like, let's get these like nachos. And I'm like, I can't eat corn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, so or then, the salsa. Yeah, I can't eat the yeah. salsa because I'm allergic to peppers. <laughs> it's just so fucking pathetic. I will be like, we're not going to a Mexican restaurant. I have gotten to that place yeah. finally where I will draw the line. We both have learned that lesson in different ways. Yes. Apparently. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> oh, man. I will. And it, it's funny because like if I can look at the menu first and see if there are like non-corn non-pepper related foods for me to eat there then sure like I'll often go ham on some beans and rice if if it looks like it's good at that restaurant that's great or if they have like good like veg sides then that sounds great so like Vita Cantina for example lots of options at that restaurant oh I should have brought you beans from Vita Cantina so we got (laughs) What (laughs) what are you talking about so last weekend, we, uh, my sister and brother-in-law hosted an engagement party for my brother-in-law's sister. She mm-hmm. got engaged. And we had a big blowout with a bunch of, like, 25 people. And Vita Cantina catered. Um, or he picked up a bunch of food from Vita Cantina. But he ordered for, like, 20 people. And he ordered for 20 people. And it was so much food that they, his parents were in town for the whole week. There were, like, six people in the house. After this party of 20 people, they ate it all week. And then last night I went over there and there was still an entire hotel pan of beans left. Oh there my were two gosh. hotel pans of black beans. And I took half of one. Whoa. And there was a bunch of like mushroom filling because like nobody on that side of the family really likes vegetables. Uh-huh. So I have all of this like delicious mushroom taco filling and tons of black beans. And I left so many. And they're going camping for like five days. So it's just going to like have to get thrown away. But... Yeah, maybe I'll go over tonight and get it. No, 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 it's cool. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, well, do you have a story from the busybody? Oh, I do. Okay, so I need a woman's name. Sarah. Okay, so Sarah says, I have so many, but possibly the most egregious was that I dated this girl for like six months who couldn't commit to being my girlfriend, but did get a tattoo of a state that she was neither from nor currently living in. And then she dumped me via Instagram DM. Oh man. <laughs> First off, Sarah. Let's go back to the tattoo. Sorry. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're better for it. I yeah, know clearly. That, but yeah. Why? Okay. Like under what circumstances? As somebody with a state tattoo. Yes. Now tell people what state you have tattooed well, I have upon the you. Well, state of Maine, of course. Yes. Which where you were born and have lived a major portion of your life in. Yes. It is. It is my spiritual home. Um, and your physical one. <laughs> also my physical home currently. Hasn't always been, but yes. <laughs> but like, I just wonder like what prompts someone to get a tattoo of somewhere where they have never lived. And yeah, never or, or even been to. That is wild like if you had like an incredible trip to wyoming it was like spiritually changing like blew your mind like okay then that kind of makes sense to me okay Mm -hmm. there's a little piece of your heart in wyoming and you want to have a tattoo of it yeah but like yeah just the outline of a state where you've never been or lived what yeah unless you had like ancestral ties there maybe and they better be powerful yeah (laughs) i gotta i hope it's like colorado or something just square Like, it's Colorado, not a square. People are like, oh, are you from Colorado? No. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you must have lived there. You go there. No. (laughs) It's so funny. All right, if you had to get a tattoo of somewhere you've never lived or been, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> and does be? it have to be a state, a United States I, state? No, I think it could be a kind. It could be anything. Anything with a ge- geographical border. Uh-huh. Okay. Probably someplace that I feel ancestrally tied to, like Ireland. Mm-hmm. I mean, that. I guess I would get that. I'm going to get the full Irish flag treatment on the interior no. there. Oh, and no. Some shamrocks. And- yeah, and then the Celtics <laughs> logo above it. Yeah, for sure. Um. I dated somebody who had a co-worker. I may have said this on the podcast because it's one of my favorite things. First of all, this is this is a man that we were talking about who has this tattoo. And it was a tramp stamp of his own last name. And of course he's Irish. <laughs> it just said like O'Malley. <laughs> oh no. <clears throat> yeah. I think that if I was gonna get a tattoo of somewhere I've never been. Oh shoot! I've been to Ireland, so oh, that doesn't even right. count. That's right. It's that hard. Doesn't even count. Maybe like Antarctica. <laughs> right on. That's cool. <laughs> I don't uh, even really know why, but I really don't know. I, I just—it's so not a thing I would ever do yeah. that I can't. It's like my brain can't even grasp. I'm trying to like get idea. into it. I think that's why I wanted to ask the question because I'm like trying to find a way. Yeah. Into it. It's it's strange. It's really strange. I mean, I guess you get a tattoo of somewhere you dream of going and maybe it's like a big Mm. goal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Nebraska cannot wait to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. People are very strange and compounded by the fact that they apparently, this woman, that she is somebody who will dump you via Instagram as well. Oh, yeah. Terrible way to go out. Yeah. Oh, God. Awful. After six months, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's just strange. One assumes that you had each other's phone numbers. Like, right. geez, Louise. It's like three levels of confrontation. Remember, yeah, confrontation. yeah. What's the worst way you've ever dumped someone? I don't really have a good answer for that. I feel like I very much believe in a face-to-face uh-huh. conversation, which I hate. It is like... The hardest thing. Mm-hmm. I hate breaking up with people. I'm avoidant about it. I let mm-hmm. things go on too long, even mm-hmm. after I get that feeling where I kind of know, mm-hmm. especially if the other person is really into me. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sort of get to this. I, ha- I always have this like rip the bandaid off moment. Mm-hmm. And then I tend to just like have the con- hard conversation face to face. Unless it's somebody I've only been like dating and I'm not in a relationship with. If I've been mm-hmm. on a few dates with somebody like I would, if we're in a, you know, call on the phone relationship, I would probably tell them over the phone or like ask them to get coffee or something. Mm-hmm. But even then, like I might text them in that situation and be like, hey, like, I don't really think this is, you know, I want to be going down this road with you. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like very eloquent. No, um, um, I don't think I want to be going down <laughs> this road with you. I would like to be going down witch trot road yeah. with you. <laughs> If you're interested in the friend road, we can discuss. But yeah. 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 If it were like two or three dates, I've been like, yeah, it was fun, but I don't yeah. think it's for me and I'm fine with that. But yeah, relationship. Oh my gosh, totally. If you go on a couple dates with somebody like off an app or something, like you can just be like, yeah, I'm not into it over the app. I don't care. That doesn't yeah. seem crazy to me. Yeah, it's not totally. like you're, you've, it's not like you've named your children. Yeah, you don't owe them anything. No. And it's just a couple of dates. It's like V casual. So mm-hmm. casual. Totally. I don't know. I tragically was thinking about this question and um I have like not a great answer except that I remembered some more context for this and and I was like oh I remember why I did this terrible thing so I had been dating someone for three months and unfortunately I did break up with this person via text message terrible I know it's bad I am not proud of it but I did remember because I remember telling you this a little bit and then I was like 
why did I do that? Because that feels out of character for me because mm. I'm like, everyone knows that's not cool. And I remembered he had started getting like having some, you know, mental health stuff going on, which is like, you know, welcome to the club. Mm -hmm. And that was not why I was breaking up with him. But he had also started to have some semi-violent outbreaks or outbursts at work. And he was telling me about them. And I had started to get really red flags and started to get pretty nervous. And I remember that I had strategically thought to myself, I'm going to send this text and I'm going to let him freak out and probably text me mean shit back and go through that. And then I'll figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did as I, I had totally forgotten that other, cause this was years ago, yeah. but I had totally forgotten that other thing that had happened there at the end. And I was just like, oh, now I'm like nervous to do this in person with yeah, this person because yeah. of where they are in their mind. And I also then called them. After they went ballistic by text message, I then called them and we did the rest of the like breakup processing and stuff together over Yeah, the and that's really smart. And that um, there are so many reasons why somebody would choose to do that or needs to do that. And mm-hmm. I like, I'm, and I know you aren't either. We're not here to like judge mm-hmm. that at all because- yeah, there are a lot of instances where breakups aren't really unsafe space. Yeah. Um, or other hard conversations in relationships. Yeah. And you yeah. got to do what you got to do. Like, and I think you have to feel it out and like where the other person is in some ways. Like I think I'm really – I feel really grateful that he had like shared about those outbursts mm-hmm. with me because I think if that had happened unbidden and unexpectedly, it would have been really just so scary for me. Yeah. And I haven't seen him since the breakup, and I feel good about that. And also, <laughs> pre-breakup, I did find him a therapist and um, a psychiatric nurse who, like, did change his meds and stuff. So I found all that, that worked with his insurance. And all. So I did resource oh, yeah. the guy. It was the most before. supportive breakup of all time. <laughs> I like, I've created this, like, safe Container. little bubble for yeah. you to live in, and I'm yeah. just going to step out of it. Yeah. And I, and at the same time, I also found myself a therapist, like, yeah. you know, I, that was a real toughie. And I also yeah. really liked this person. And I still hold such a warm regard for this person because they are yeah. a good person who mm-hmm. were, who was in a very tough spot. And I just also like did not want to be dating them anymore. Yeah. And, and that's totally. And that was valid, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just had forgot. I think my brain sort of like hid how scary that short period of time was for me. And I also didn't tell a lot of people about it. And, you know, that's always a thing you notice in yourself, right? Is when you're not telling your friends about what's really going on. Yeah. You and know, often you don't notice until after when you reflect on it. Yes. Or maybe you do. And mm-hmm. the time you're like, I'm not going to tell them this, like, which is, a, I think a little bit was going on there. Yeah. I was like, I need to get out of this right now. And I really don't want to have a talk about it with anyone. Yeah. Well, and you don't, <laughs> I mean, it's great to bring people in on that, especially if you're feeling unsafe, but like, when you know mm-hmm. what the answer is, you don't necessarily need other people involved. It mm-hmm. just complicates it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, because you know, you just have to come to terms with it on your own. Yeah. <laughs> and, totally. and then do it. Yeah. So I, I feel you there. I've been yeah. there. Yeah. It's tough stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feeling scared in a relationship is a terrible feeling. I know. Yeah. And I don't want to take us down that road. And no. like, you know, sorry to be a De- Debbie Downer. Wah, but wah. Yeah, exactly. Worst way I've ever broken up with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Sadness and fear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you 
Anyway, um, so I did bring us a just the just the tip this just week. Just the tip. Yeah. <laughs> just the tip. Oh, that was like pop star here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Ashley Eras tour. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> big statement there. Yes, sir. Um, okay, my just the tip for anyone out there dating is to be thoughtful about how you talk about your personal growth process with a person that you are newly dating. (laughs) Screen some of what you are going to share with them about some of your inner work. And this is because I did see a TikTok where I think it was actually footage from a reality show, like a dating reality show. But there is this woman and this man, they're in a hammock and they're cuddling and he's sort of talking about his personal journey, which as an idea sounds great and like sounds, you know, connective and it sounds thoughtful and it sounds deep except that what he said to her was that recently as he was in his personal work journey he said I had to come to the realization that females are people (laughs) and I was like stop some things you keep on the inside because you should be fucking embarrassed (laughs) no shit this guy was talking about it like this was profound and she was just like Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he continued, and I'm so pleased. Females, did he use the word females? females which we already too. have discussed plenty of times. But he, he like, went on to say, because she didn't stop him, and I'm actually pleased. I'm like, this is actually good. Yeah, let them tell you all the things so you know what's up. Yeah. But he just kept going, and he was like, you know, really, like, one of the things that came up for me was, like, um, I realized that I had thought that, like, cheating on or, like, betraying a female was, like, nowhere near as bad as like betraying a friend and I was like I mean the girl bless her heart turned and like fully like Jim Halperted at the camera and I so appreciated that (laughs) because I was like oh yeah that's just not good you know (laughs) it's really this is not good (laughs) yes you're in a bad situation she said something so funny where she was like wow i'm really glad i met you at this time of growth in your life or something it was so good so she's probably also thinking what do i say that's not gonna set this guy off no you know those are the kind of self-growth people this is like jonah hill syndrome or something where you're like oh you're gonna tell me about your self-growth journey which is like an inch deep but you know all the words to use and when I say something that isn't what you want to hear or isn't like, oh my gosh, you're amazing, you're going to fly off a handle and it's going to be scary. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. And I actually don't know all that much about what happened with Jonah Hill. So just an aside, I haven't really looked into it, but I've seen enough where I was like, ah, there's some shit going on here. Yeah. I recognize this. Yeah. I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I just think like, I think a lot of men, this is something that I truly believe down to my bones, which is that many, many men, if they are doing the work, are trying to work through embedded hunks of misogyny stuck there by social Mm -hmm. shit. And not, not that you in your heart of hearts truly want to believe that women are not people, but that you have a lot of like unraveling to do there. And I, we don't need to hear about it. Mm -hmm. Like do that work and don't tell me that you, like 
and don't be proud. And there's lots of self-work that we do want to hear about. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I know. And it's really hard to say that to someone. Like, I don't want to, but I don't really want to hear about how you used to think I wasn't as, I wasn't as worthy of humanity as you are. Mm-hmm. So that's like really not good. Or maybe I do want to hear it. If you did really believe that, if you went through a, a portion of your adult life and never came out of that um, or never self-reflected on that, maybe I do want to hear it because I don't think we should be dating. But yeah, you know. I don't know. Just a toughie. Just think about it how is, you present yeah. your self-work <laughs> yeah. when you're dating. <laughs> like with everything, when you're, especially when you're newly dating somebody, like maybe just don't take it all the way <laughs> with everything about yourself. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. there are layers of, of uncovering that happen as you're establishing a relationship and intimacy where like certain things that you like reveal about yourself are kind of like appropriate at different layers. Yeah. Maybe just think about it like that. It's not that this person never wants to know it about you. And maybe it is good to know on the first date, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It also takes us back to our musings on small talk, like from last season where we were like, you know, talking about how much small talk sort of sucks, but also how small talk is the way that we build trust for to be able to talk about deeper things down the road. Yeah. Um, That it's good to have like lighter topics in like digestible topics early on. Which neither of us are good at either. I know. We're giving this advice and we're like, oh wait, like maybe it feels especially triggering this. I'm sure it's like not good at like putting that filter on. I think I'm better now than ever before. Now yeah. that I've gone, th- now that I just went through this experience of getting a job and being in it for four months and like having to meet a shitload of new professional colleagues mm-hmm. and have convivial, easy, simple talk with everyone. I think I'm feeling pretty strong, which is good yeah. going into orientation. Going into a whole nother community yeah. of people that you're going to meet. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So thank you for the tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> I wish Steph knew how to do Just pro tools. <laughs> we'll record that one of these days. Yeah, totally. We can make it one of our buttons on here. Oh my god. On the right. pod mother. Yeah, we'll I don't know that. why these three are lit up, but oh. hopefully it doesn't oh mean my god. anything. I hope nothing weird's happening. <laughs> oh my god, what if we're being recorded with like animal voices? <laughs> I don't think it's that advanced. Can it's you like, imagine that? <laughs> yeah. No, I was just imagining like chipmunk voices. Oh. <laughs> And so there's like an, a chipmunk saying, um, oh, I had to come to the realization that females are human. <laughs> I do it as we have, we are being translated into elephants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. That would be very funny. So big reminders from today's episode are... Call or text the lips phone, absolutely anything. Don't even care. Just want to hear from you. 24-7 hotline. Big yeah, exactly. Big lips phone hotline. Exactly. Here for all of your needs and whims. <laughs> all of your wants and whims. <laughs> your wanties and whimsies. <laughs> your ponties and pimsies. Okay. The phone number is 207-544-9108. Add us in your contacts. And then... Again, we're looking for someone who has a killer middle school or high school journal or diary to share with us on an episode. You can either, you can call the Lips phone and let us know, text the Lips phone. You can get at us at our DMs. You can email us, baypatrolpod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, and uh, we're going to figure that one out. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else we need to say this week? I don't think so. Cool. I guess that's the first season of episode two. The first season of episode two. Yep, that's I'm sticking with it. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. See you next season. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.
Bay Patrol is created and hosted by Lauren Audette and Ashley Bliss and is produced by Steph George. If you need an audio producer, find her website in the show notes. This podcast is brought to you by no one as of right now but if you would like to advertise with us please reach out we are interested in absolutely anybody but if you own a place where gossip happens then you completely should be advertising with us email us at baypatrolpod at gmail.com as a listener you can also support us at patreon.com slash baypatrolpod and get some extra goodies there for your trouble and if you can't support us with dollars we ask that you like us rate us five stars and review us wherever you listen to us it helps people find us and gossip with us Find us on Instagram at Bay Patrol Pod and send us any hot gossip tips or dating stories to our email, which again is baypatrolpod at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, busybodies. The Bay Patrol theme song was written and recorded by John Medham and Laura Cromwell with members of the former band Hawkslit, Russ Graham on guitar. Aaron Rooney on vocals, Edie Davis Quinn on vocals, and myself, Lauren Audette, on the Vibra Slab. It was recorded at Running Girl Studios at the Hibernaculum. 